Hello, and welcome to this week's sermon podcast from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Here we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Whether you find the message to be uplifting or challenging, comforting or even unsettling, we hope it'll help you grow in faith and your relationship with God. Thank you for listening. To God be the glory. Good morning. Welcome to worship. So we do have a few announcements as we begin this morning. It is summer, but we do still have things going on here at Good Shepherd, including Wednesday morning, 8 a.m., walk, talk, and pray. They meet at Summit Park in Blue Ash. Pastor Pat leads that. You are all invited to join us for that. Also, if you are a guest with us today, we invite you to fill out a communication card that's in the pew rack in front of you. Put it in the offering plate. We're glad that you're here today. Next weekend, we will be enjoying a time of conversation and fellowship together as we have a Connections Cafe that will be held in fellowship also. Put a little margin in your Sunday morning calendar next week and join us for a cup of coffee and a snack and have a chance to just visit with your sisters and brothers in Christ. We're doing some school supply collecting, including supplies for Taft Elementary. We need those by August 6th. There is a list in the Our Life of what we need. There is also a list on the big barrel out in the lobby, on the tiled part of the lobby, where you can put those supplies when you bring them in. So take one of those lists with you to the store. Also, we're collecting crayons, 8 to 24 count crayon boxes, boxes by July 25th, and that's for the Price Hill School Fair. You can leave those at the desk marked for Coben Hinman. Also, First Lutheran Down and Over the Rhine is planning yet another celebration this summer. It's two weeks from today. This time they are celebrating the kickoff of their renovations done in the gallery space. Some of that work has already started. Ken Holt, I think you were part of that, pulling up the floor. Yes. So it has started, but you were unofficial because the unofficial kickoff is in two weeks to start that work. But also they're celebrating the completion of the internal work that has been done by volunteers over the last four years. They're estimating that volunteers saved about $250,000 because they didn't have to hire all of that work to be done. They want to celebrate that, and they're inviting us because many of the volunteers who did that work came from Good Shepherd. So they're worshiping in two weeks at their regular time. At 11, we're invited. They're having a lunch. Afterwards, we're invited. And a short program at 1 o'clock and an open house, and we are invited to that as well. So take in all or as much of that as you can two weeks from today, First Lutheran and Over the Rhine. Also, a spoiler alert. Ooh. This morning, I'm preaching on Amos, the first reading from the Old Testament this morning. So if you're used to putting together your shopping list or anything like that during the Old Testament reading today, tune in because I'll be referencing it later in the sermon. May God bless us as we worship. Good morning, friends. Our first reading is from the seventh chapter of Amos. Then he showed me another vision. I saw the Lord standing beside a wall that had been built using a plumb line. He was using a plumb line to see if it was still straight. And the Lord said to me, 
Amos, what do you see? I answered, a plumb line. And the Lord replied, I will test my people with this plumb line. I will no longer ignore all their sins. The pagan shrines of your ancestors will be ruined and the temples of Israel will be destroyed. And I will bring the dynasty of King Jeroboam to a sudden end. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, the king of Israel. He said, Amos is hatching a plot against you right here on your very doorstep. What he is saying is intolerable. He is saying Jeroboam will soon be killed and the people of Israel will be sent away into exile. Then Amaziah sent orders to Amos saying, get out of here, you prophet, go back to the land of Judah and earn your living by prophesying there. Don't bother us with your prophecies here in Bethel. This is the king's sanctuary and the national place of worship. But Amos replied, I'm not a professional prophet. I was never trained to be one. I'm just a shepherd and I take care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord called me away from my flock and told me, go and prophesy to my people in Israel. We read responsibly from Psalm 8. The second reading is from the first chapter of Ephesians. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us, he has showed his kindness on us along with wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news, that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. You're about to find out why I am not preaching from the gospel today. This comes from Mark. Herod Antipas, the king, soon heard about Jesus because everybody was talking about him. Some were saying, this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. Others said, he's the prophet Elijah. 
Others said he's a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John, the man I beheaded, has come back from the dead. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. So Herodias bore a grudge against John and wanted to kill him, but without Herod's approval, she was powerless, for Herod respected John, and knowing that he was a good and holy man, he protected him. Herod was greatly disturbed whenever he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Herodias' chance finally came on Herod's birthday. He gave a party for his high government officials, army officers, and the leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased Herod and all his guests. Ask me for anything you like, the king said to the girl, and I will give it to you. He even vowed, I will give you whatever you ask up to half my kingdom. She went out and asked her mother, What should I ask for? Her mother told her, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So the girl hurried back to the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a tray. Then the king deeply regretted what he had said. But because of the vows he had made in front of his guests, he couldn't refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and bring it to him. The soldier beheaded John in the prison, brought his head on a tray, and gave it to the girl who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what had happened, they came to get his body and buried it in a tomb. Here ends the Gospel reading. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, who inspires us all. Amen. If you are a fan of Saturday Night Live, you may remember a recurring skit with a character named Debbie Downer. No one liked hanging out with Debbie Downer because she was always interrupting conversation with bad news, negative opinions, and catastrophic pronouncements. For example, if you were having dinner with Debbie Downer and you ordered a big steak, she would be sure to remind you of the dangers of mad cow disease or how certain foods contain harmful bacteria that become a breeding ground for foodborne illnesses. If you talked about what a great night's sleep you had last night, Debbie Downer would be surprised considering how you were sharing your pillow with thousands of hungry dust mites. If your life was going well, Debbie Downer would be sure to tell you about all the suffering in China that was caused by the bird flu. The skits would usually end with everyone fleeing out of the room because nobody wants to hang out with Debbie Downer. Well, I bet no one wanted to hang out with the prophet Amos either. He was a bit of a downer. 
We caught just a small portion of his bad news, negative opinions, and catastrophic pronouncements in our Old Testament lesson this morning. Amos lived about 750 years before Jesus when Israel was going through a time of economic prosperity and growth. Many people had enough resources to live comfortably, more than comfortably. Many lived lavish and luxurious lifestyles. Jeroboam was the king of Israel at this time, and he brought great military expansion and strength and security to the region. It was a good time to live in Israel if you were among the rich and famous. But if you were poor, not so much. Enter Amos Downer. If you are at a party with Amos and happened to mention how great your stock portfolio was doing, Amos would remind you that your wealth has come on the backs of the poor because of the way that the marketplace has been rigged by the wealthy. If you happened to mention the progress on the lake home you were building, Amos might mention the local widows who didn't have one home to live in, much less two. Or if you were to talk about your recent day at the spa and how the lotions and scrubs helped you to relax and de-stress. Amos would talk about the dirt farmers who were starving and how your lavish lifestyle was contributing to their poverty. Like Debbie, Amos was a downer. The big difference was that Amos spoke for God. He was called by God to leave his farm in Judah and travel north to preach in Israel, to preach bad news to the Israelites because of how they were living their lives. In our reading for today, the priest Amaziah in Bethel had had it with Amos and told him to pack up his bags and his prophet booth and go and preach your bad news someplace else. Nobody wants to hear from you, Amos Downer. Well, probably most of us wouldn't want to hear from Amos either. Truth is, if we were to read the whole book of Amos, we would see some uncomfortable parallels between Amos's world and our world. Amos brings a challenging word not only in his own day, but to contemporary issues we see about the growing gap between the rich and the poor, about societal systems that keep people in poverty no matter how hard they work. Amos calls out those who have resources for ignoring those who don't. And he points out the disconnect between worshiping God in church and then not responding with compassion to the suffering around you. My hunch is that if Amos were a guest preacher here at Good Shepherd, we might just ask him to pack up his prophet booth and go and preach your bad news someplace else. No one wants to hang out with you, Amos Downer. His words would challenge us in ways that perhaps we don't want to be challenged. But before we kick Amos to the curb, let's strap on some courage and take a look at one image that Amos shares with us today. We read the part of Amos where God 
is giving him some visions, three visions, and we led the, read the last one, and that is the vision of a plumb line. Most of you probably know that a plumb line is just a weight at the end of a string, and it's a tool that builders use to measure up and see if the walls that they're building are straight. Well, God, in this vision to Amos, says, I am going to put a plumb line in the middle of my people and see how they measure up. And guess what? They don't. They are crooked in more ways than one. The people have been busy building prosperity, but they have not been building their character. And so when their lives are measured against God's teaching, their weak spots and crooked ways become painfully obvious. Well, perhaps God's plumb line is a helpful image for us to use as we consider the character of our lives and our church and our community. When we put ourselves next to the plumb line of God's teaching, what weak or crooked places are revealed? I mean, Jesus teaches us that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and all our strength, and we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. What if that was the plumb line we used to measure our lives against at the end of every day? How did we love God? How did we love our neighbor? Or what if the way to judge whether we are successful as a community wasn't by our own standard of living, but by how well the most vulnerable in our community are being cared for? I mean, can you imagine if that was the plumb line we used to measure our success as a nation? That plumb line might challenge us in ways we don't want to be challenged. Okay, so before you accuse me of being a Heidi Downer, let me tell you a quick story about what it might look like to use God's plumb line in our community. It's a story about a guy named Matt Stevens. Matt is a member here at Good Shepherd. A few years ago, Matt took an interest in food. More specifically, he took an interest in nutrition and how good nutrition is a challenge for many households that live in poverty in our community. In his research, Matt discovered that there is a lack of access, affordability, and just general knowledge about healthy foods among many families that live in poverty. In other words, Matt held up a plumb line and saw that our system for caring for the poor doesn't always measure up when it comes to nutrition and health. There were some weak spots and, yes, definitely some crooked places. So Matt decided to try to do something about this, and he created and developed a program called Produce Perks, program targets families that qualify for SNAP cards or food stamps. He began partnering with local farmers markets and some grocery stores. 
Matt had created a program where people can double their purchasing power when they are buying fresh produce with their SNAP cards. He's now in 80 or so locations around the state. This makes healthy food more, more affordable and also offers an incentive to buy it. The stated mission of Produce Perks is to, quote, improve the health of underserved communities by increasing affordable access to healthy food. Let me say that again. To improve the health of underserved communities by increasing affordable access to healthy foods. How awesome is that? I encourage you to check out Produce Perks website. Well, Matt started Produce Perks very small, only locally, a few, a handful of farmers markets. But because of its success, it has grown to several regions around the state, and thousands of households are eating healthier as a result. Because of Mark's work, when we hold up our community to the plumb line of God's teaching about loving God and loving our neighbor, some of the weak spots are a little stronger, and some of the crooked places look a little straighter. And that, my friends, is good news. So, okay, I get it. We may not all be able to start a statewide program to combat poverty the way Matt did. But we can all respond in some way to God's plumb line challenge. We can respond by asking ourselves, maybe at the end of each day, how well did I love God? How well did I love my neighbor? All of this is not to make us downers. It's quite the opposite. It helps us to pro proclaim God's good news to all children, God's children, both in our words and in our deeds. So I dare you to take the plumb line challenge. How well did you got, love God and how well did you love your neighbor today? Do that and then see what God might build through you. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this week's message from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Kenwood. Please browse our website for other opportunities to grow in faith or serve the Lord. If you are able to worship with us at any time, we would be most honored by your presence.